Hello and a welcome to The Dive, Season 7, Episode 7. Lucky number 7s. Golden Guardians are also lucky because they had a 7-game win streak. At, and then they don't anymore. We're going with that. <laughs> more 7s. We needed one more. <laughs> Until yesterday, and then we lost. Yeah. Yeah, that was sad. Uh, but welcome to Sticks and Licorice. Thank you. Fresh off a win. Clean yeah. win. Easy win. Yeah. Immortals. You've won 8 of your last 9. That sounds pretty good. good. Yeah. That does sound a lot better than... One game win streak. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've also won 100% of your game today. True. That's also awesome. yeah, That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, how, how does it feel? Just, just kind of like on the real. Because obviously, you start the split. You don't have all your teammates here. It's 0-2 start. Uh, then obviously, you know, your mid laners arriving. From what, I, from what I heard, it was like literally flew in, went to bed, woke up, zero scrims with you guys, and, you know, started, started playing and stuff. We had one scrim day, I think. One but scrim day. it was day. like... Our team was at a weird phase where we weren't really playing that well together. So it just felt weird. Like everything was just a bit off. So when we showed up, it's kind of like you're just showing up to LCS and you're like, can we win today? I don't know. Let's find out. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of cool because I, I think in a way it's like you can you can kind of ignore basically the first four games, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at it like that, like the the, ac the actual strength of your team is a seven and one team, which I think is is like way above Okay, you're giving me a you're giving me a funny look. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think I think that's fair to say for like for current level of strength, right? Um, which is like far above where pretty much everyone in the community, myself as well, you know, predicted you guys being. Like, are you surprised by how much success you're having, or did you guys kind of see it coming? I'm I'm surprised. I, I will say like <clears throat> I didn't expect to win this much this fast, but like I didn't think we were going to be a bad team. Like everyone had us at eighth place, and I thought that was just shit. So yeah, that's just delusional. <laughs> <laughs> but but is four too high? You're like, oh, maybe. No, I think we can win. Like I, I literally think we can win playoffs and like go to MSI and, and do well at MSI. It's just like my expectations were pretty low because like yeah. you know I spent I spent a fair amount of time losing in recent years, so <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be like, yeah, you know, this year I'm gonna be number one. But like I don't know, we're playing well. We're a good team. I think we can be number one. Yeah. Uh, how how is the mentality within the team? Because you were talking about the early the early weeks. Not only did you not have everybody there, but also not playing well together in other in other terms, right? Yeah. So it's like a couple of bad things lined up. That's why it's kind of nice, I guess, yeah. to be able to put all of the bad things at the concentrated in the first couple of weeks and try and like throw those out. Yeah. No. If you just ignore all the losses, you yeah, actually that, win every game. That's why. I, that's why I started I mean, laughing. You're laughing but I actually think it's, it's not that fraudulent, right? It's it's different if it's like middle it's of the season. Just a little bit, yeah. a, maybe a tiny bit, but like at the very least, I think you you have to ignore at least the first week, right? It's literally a different a different player. Yeah. Right? I mean, our, our four losses at the beginning were really close too. Yeah. They literally came down to one team fight at like super late in the game, like 40 minutes in the game. If we had won that, we would win the games in the reverse of the top four teams. So, so really, you haven't, you're you 100% win rate. Yeah, like yeah. if we just had maybe a few <laughs> different skill shots to hit, we just win. Do you think yeah. they were that close? It was pretty close. Okay. There yeah. was like, the one that's come to mind is the EG game. Like, we had so many close team fights. We were, oh, yeah, we were behind yeah. in all these games, to be fair. But yeah. we almost won some of the Lakeham team fights. But they were winnable. Yeah, yeah. they were winnable. As right. a top laner, did you want to FF? The EG game? No. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think yeah, if there was any game I wanted to FF. AD carry is like... My role is strong. I'm playing Zeri. We're going late. We're <laughs> scaling. We can win. Top yeah. laner here on Renekton is like, ah, maybe we, maybe we play next game. Dude, Renekton, Renekton scales. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> LS is really like, he's done a number on people. <laughs> <laughs> like some people still don't pick Renekton to this day. And this champion is just like, it's just there. It's strong. It stuns people. It kills people. Like, yeah. There's there's a lot to love about reduction. Does that stuff bother you then? Like when you know there are like obviously these like pervasive community opinions that can get formed by like by us on broadcast or by streamers, co-streamers, like whatever. When there is something, especially if it's one that you disagree with, like is that annoying for you guys then? Because and like, what are they? You know, you're, you're well, Redactin's obviously one, right? You're picking Redactin all the time. Yeah. So like, do you have people in your DMs? Are you frustrated by that kind of stuff? If you think that's like, oh, these these fucking guys don't know what they're talking about. I mean, as a player, you really just have have to have your own opinion. Like you you can't really listen to other people at the end of the day. Cause if you are playing something that you don't think is good, then you're just gonna play less good. Like, cause you're gonna be like, oh no, his pick's actually good into me. And that's gonna be in your head the whole time you're playing it. So like, you have to have your own idea. Just pick what you think, pick what you like. I would like to now broach the topic of the least in top because I have seen a lot of other top laners playing it in Champions queue, and it didn't look good in the hands of any of those top players either. So that wasn't, you're the only one who actually played on LCS stage. Yeah. But, how do you feel about that pick with a lot of junglers loving to play it as well and it being a flex pick now? Is that still a tool that you would like to utilize? 
Or does community perception, like the game wasn't that great also and everyone's going to start flaming? Does that also affect Big Ban? I mean, having a bad game definitely affects it. Because yeah. then like, like, it's just like, you just want to play it less. You know, you're like, you block in the champion. Mm -hmm. Some part of your brain's thinking about the game you played on stage that was just awful. And then like, like it's just harder. I do think it's not bad. I did get some fake data from scrims though. I think about the Lee Sin Jax matchup. Scrimming yeah. a unnamed top laner who I pounded <laughs> no, no. into the dirt the is, the time with Lee Sin and then went on stage and I'm like, oh, this matchup's actually not good. Would so you like weird. to name the top laner? No, I think that's all right. <laughs> no, the okay, time but Stick say, who are they? Who are you scrimming? Uh, dude, I don't remember, but like that that time period, we we're just winning every scrim, right? Yeah. So you don't really get the impact of my champ is good or bad until you play a stage game and then you realize it's like, you kind of get the feeling of a, the strengths and weaknesses of that champ more Yeah. Uh, on, on a stage game. You're like, wow, you know, it's really weak at this. That's a really big issue. But in scrims, it's like, you just gloss over it because, you know, maybe you're bottling smurfing or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, you like, don't right, get the impact right, of like right, the champion right. strengths. Say it. Light what I remember. Say I'm good. It's it's funny, but I remember one of the biggest cases of that was like the Poe Belter, Vladimir and Nivia matchup also. And then <laughs> oh, yeah. try to play, yeah, try to play international. And it was like, oh shit, I guess I didn't play against any, you know, any good uh, Vladimir players in it. And it's actually, you know, uh, unplayable. So like some stuff like that can have huge impacts on the course of history. I and mean, that's why practice partners matter so much, right? Because you don't actually, it can be really hard to know, even if you're winning every, every game or whatever, it's like, is this actually correct? Or is my opponent just like not showing me why it's bad? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that makes it really, really difficult. And that's something that I think when I talk to pros, like a lot of people struggle with, especially, um, I don't know how it is for you guys now, but traditionally, a lot of the teams that aren't at the top are not actually in the best scrim brackets, right? Or scrim circles yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So if you're not actually like playing against the best teams on a weekly basis, you might be bringing out your lease in and slapping people down left and right. And then all of a sudden you're on stage and you're against Impact or whatever and, he's, and it looks like a joke, right? You're like, well, oh, turns, <laughs> turns out this I mean, is trash. Well, like, last week, like we were doing makeup and then I come back to Immortal CLG and there's MF Nautilus versus Siver Nami. And I'm just sitting there, just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I've never seen these picks before. <laughs> like, how did this happen, you know? So, yeah, that there is uh, scrim groups where, you know, the top teams are scrimming top teams, and there's that meta, and then there's, like, the other meta. Are you guys in the Cool Kids Club now? Oh, now we are, yeah. Yeah. We can, like, to the table. we can, we can yeah. do, like, a little late. You can sit with C9. And stuff <laughs> we can, uh, we can no, I mean, it, it does go that far, too. We, it's we can like, threaten people. It's like, they take longer in review, and you just sit there, and if you take too long in review, they're like, guys, we're waiting. Like, oh <laughs> it, it goes all the way down. No, the thing now. is, like, I've just been, like, an LCS random for too long. Oh it's my time to shine. I'm yeah. going to go on people on scrim. Yeah. Oh, my God. The actual scrim egos are coming out yeah, yeah, yeah. that's hilarious. no a lot of it's just banter honestly i, like, I yeah. don't really care if people are late and stuff yeah like, yeah yeah you, you can just like there definitely is a meta of uh the the teams that can get the good scrims can definitely pressure the other teams that's that's what i've heard as well like Sven talked about that i mean we've been talking about scrims a, a lot because obviously it's been a big topic with with kind of the change up you know team liquid and, and FlyQuest and stuff were like really vocal about like ah we're gonna like outwork everyone and we're gonna be yeah. you know playing these extra skim blocks and and that's gonna be kind of the the new wave uh, we had CLG's, uh, you know, GM come on, yeah. and you know he was talking about. Well, he thinks that like actually they're getting like one more game in maybe in like three more hours because they're just like taking a lot of time between games and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it it is it is a, like a big topic of discussion, right? Like how the scrims work and like who gets to scrim who and who can get away with taking super long times. <laughs> I've heard that there's a few teams that are like pretty well known. You know, some people have told me uh, complain about Team Liquid often. Like you know, if they have a bad game, mm -hmm. they're making you wait forever to get in the next game, but yeah. maybe they can get away with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you might be right about that that last <laughs> team. Um, yeah. Usually, honestly, I think the teams that have the older players who are actually going to take more time to review the game and look at the the overall game are going to take a lot longer. Like when I played with Afro, that was a really common thing. We we were the team that took forever mm. to uh, to review the games because Afro wants to look at every single thing, right? Um, but yeah, I think, I think for us in particular, it, it also depends on your coaching staff and stuff too, but like our coaches are pretty chill. We're usually pretty aware and like kind of uh, responsible for the mistakes we made in the game. So it's like, yeah, you know, I messed up my lane. Everyone's, everyone's just taking accountability. We can review in five, 10 minutes and then we're just waiting most of the time, so. I feel like it would benefit the whole league if the players association or somebody actually took a little bit more power in organizing the scrims slash champions gear, like daily schedule basically mm -hmm. for everybody. Because there are little efficiencies. It's in between game reviews if you could have some sort of thing like mandating the, the maximum time or whatever. But also even 
you know, shortening the time period between the two scrim blocks by an hour or something. You know, I've, we've heard Please. a lot. I've Please. So, so my pitch is start uh, one hour earlier and shorten the break one hour earlier. And you'll have two extra hours at the end of mm -hmm. your day that then you can either, you know, prep for Champions queue or, you know, stream or review VODs yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but obviously it's really difficult to coordinate the schedules of all these various pro players that are on different sleep schedules and different management and all that. Yeah. You have to wake up the crack of noon for scrims. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm petitioning to put it at 11. Absolutely. It's like, oh, what? Come on. Yeah. No, the Fox thing is, don't even go that early. I mean, I, I don't want to keep like tuning our own horn, you know, but like, I think the Golden Guardians players are probably the most like human kind of players. Like we could wake up at like, <laughs> we could wake up at 9 a.m. 10 a.m. and we'll be fine, you know? The most jacked, the most, the most handsome, the most talented, wake no, up early. Is, like Golden Guardians kind of has a criteria, you know? For like, the, It's like they want people to be responsible as, yeah. as people. They want people to be most so like, human. Yeah. yeah. So like, our, I mean, our players aren't staying up till 3, 4 a.m. No gremlins playing, allowed you know? on Golden Guardians. Yeah, yeah, literally. We're sleeping eight hours. I, yeah. We take our vitamins, you know, all that stuff. I, and those things to me really do help, especially when you're you're looking at the, the top bracket of the league. My question kind of is, what was the thing that inside the team that really did change for you to get to this point? Because we've had some cool interviews with you guys before, mm -hmm. and both of you actually mentioned who he and a, a certain level of flame or feedback. He's toxic as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Can't confirm. Yeah. <laughs> what, was there something? Because you also mentioned kind of struggling at the beginning of the season, not just due to players not being here, but anything specific for clicking or is it just I mean I think it's just like who he is a shot caller yep. and like you can function without a shot caller it takes a lot longer you know mm. you have to figure out who's responsible for what who's covering what and you kind of just like work it out naturally Jay just comes in he tells us what to do that helps us like a lot right away you know you're coming in day one someone's telling you what to do how to play together that's that's like huge do you think because we had a question last dive uh, who lost out more? Was it EG losing Impact or 100 Thieves losing Jay? Do you think the 100 Thieves team right now, so much is going wrong for them. Do you, they seem like they would benefit from... I mean, if... Uh, I mean, I, the thing is, when I say this, I don't mean it in terms of, like, uh, he's just hands dipping better or anything like that. Mm. It's just, like, if they had... If 100 Thieves had who he, they would have a lot more wins, I think, straight up. Like, he just kind of coordinates, especially their stage games, really well, so... That's why I said too. <laughs> I mean, it, it depends if they would listen to him too. Because like they have a lot that's of big true. voices that's on that true. team. So like when you yeah. get too many big voices, it's like the opposite problem. And like you could you could run into issues that way too. So like I don't even know if it'd be a good fit. Well, and it's interesting, right? Because you're saying like right from the word go, he came in and basically told everyone how to play. Yeah. Um, but I think that also requires a certain level of respect for like everyone has to like respect that person's opinion. Yeah. Because like if I join your team and I tell everyone how to play, you're going to be like... <laughs> First of all, <laughs> like, you, know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you need that level of respect. And it, it's cool that he was able to command that. Obviously, you have a previous relationship with yeah. him. Um, you never played with him before, no, right? I, so I it's pretty much never talked to him before. Yeah. This year. So, so how was that then, right? Like, was he able to come in and kind of like build that relationship with, with everyone on the team right away? Or was it a bit of a transition period if he's just kind of like coming in? And he's like, all right, guys, I'm going to tell you what's what. Honestly, a lot of it is waiting to see what someone's like on stage because. People, people are just different from scrims to stage. Like every single player I've ever met is different in scrims than they are on stage. And some people are like more focused, some people are louder, some people are quieter. Like there's a, a lot of things that can be different. So it's like, I was like, okay, we'll see how Jay is on stage. He's won a lot, like recently too. So like, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And then like when he's on stage, he like turns on. So I was like, cool, I'll listen to this guy. But yeah, it's also like he came from a winning team, right? Yeah. So I think naturally you're just going to respect him more because it's like, yeah, maybe maybe there's a reason he made back-to-back -back <laughs> finals, you know? Maybe we should try listening to him, so. I feel like that's the original ranked solo queue, even where the highest rated person was going to be first pick and everyone would default to, to you know, tr trusting first pick because they're like, well, you're higher rated. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> going to be smart. I, I missed that one. Uh, how much How much would you say there? Like, so we guys obviously are kind of like joking a bit about like who he being toxic. Like how, what, what kind of feedback is he giving then? Like is it is there a little bit of that like kind of harsh truth or is it more like actually he's a little bit toxic secretly or is it just he's very kind of nitpicky and and you know wants to point out every little mistake you make because it's it's interesting to hear about right yeah. because there's always been in the community this kind of perception of like who's great to have on your team and like who's this great leader and, and all these things um but it's i don't know that anyone's ever really talked about like what details he's really bringing that is truly like improving the team that he's on 
Uh, I think first off, he's really careful in the way that he criticizes people. As he makes, he just makes sure people knows it's not some personal attack, you know? Mm. Um, you mess up this bot wave and you look really stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, <laughs> he's not saying that to me, you know? But also because like me, me and his history, like he's able to be a little more brutal with me, I guess. Which like, I, I'm chill with, I'm okay with it. Um, but I think his like number one way of just improving others is just the way he goes about it. He just, we call him, was it like snide remarks? He just makes a lot of a lot of comments, you know, a lot of comments during the game. Huh, you're missing a lot of CS this game. Uh, he, he does it to our coaches so all the time. That, he, he goes to our coaches. Huh, wow, enemy team draft looks really good. <laughs> he says stuff like that, and to where it's it's humorous, you know, but it kind of gets the point across at the same time. Yeah, it's like with every joke, there's a bit of a truth. Does that tilt it. anyone though? Because that would tilt me if it was uh, like like the CS thing. If yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, I know. Okay, I'm if I was CS. if I was tilted, I would maybe not accept it well, but like. <laughs> I, usually with him, he's just always laughing. You know, like how am I going to be mad at him? Okay, you know? yeah, yeah. The delivery is obviously very important yeah, there, yeah. yeah, because it can become either funny or like, ooh, that's pretty passive aggressive. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I've never gotten that feeling that it's passive aggressive. That's good. So, and I think it goes the same for everyone else. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't get the same treatment he does. Like for me, Jay is a pretty normal teammate. <laughs> uh huh. Um, probably because I haven't known him long enough to like get more of that side of him. But he's he's been pretty normal. I don't know what he used to be like on CLG and stuff, but. Uh, I don't really remember too much, but he was just nicer. I remember that. Nicer? Yeah. 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 Whenever I hang out with him outside or like after parties or anything, he's always super duper nice and complimentary. So that's yeah. why I always assume I'm like, oh, he must be this the nicest, cuddly little teammate. There's there's a lot of pro players that like you meet them in person, you're like, wow, that's such a nice guy. And yeah. then you put a keyboard and mouse in front of them. <laughs> just demons. And suddenly they're just a demon. Like it, it, I don't know, man. <laughs> and put them in solo queue. That's yeah. a whole nother yeah. mm -hmm. layer of it. Oh, well, that's understandable. So yeah. solo queue no, is I just an insane asylum. That's yeah. completely reasonable. <laughs> you know, he's done a number on me. You've well. been in there yeah. long enough. Yeah. So, yeah, some things are gonna happen. Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of did want to circle back and and tackle the topic we were talking about before, where we're analyzing actually some of the problems of these teams that none of us expected to be at the bottom. Hundred Thieves and <laughs> Team Liquid. Mm -hmm. if, if you're looking at Hundred Thieves. What what are they doing so wrong? Where would you start in trying to fix this team? Because they're tweeting out, you know, stuff like, oh, we got to fix our early game. We can't even play the game yet. You know, that seems like a good place to start just because that's the first part of the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's there's definitely bigger issues as far as even, you know, teleport timings or team fight coordination. There's so much stuff. And I had one little thing. Are you guys even surprised that they are at the bottom? Mm. Not really. Team, team Liquid, I'm surprised. But Honey is not really. Yeah. So, what are the standouts then, one way or the other? Yeah. Uh, like players or, or just teams? Like, which is surprising oh, oh. you? Who's surprising me? Who's the standings? Mm. If you honestly, CLG surprised me a bit, and TSM. Uh, even though they have like a losing record, I didn't expect them to even be at six. You know, at least as of now. Um, and the top teams, it's kind of expected. I think uh, maybe the Guardians surprised some people too. Uh, maybe we can toss myself in there. But um, I, I just think like, and it, it, this goes for us as well. Is just Losing is a mindset and winning is a mindset. So like earlier you'd ask when we were zero four, like how did we kind of get mm -hmm. out of it? Um, honestly, we just started doing better in scrims. We started building confidence and then we won, you know, two zero on stage. Oh, that felt good. Okay, we come back the next week. We're a little more confident. We won again. And it's just a snowball, right? You just, you win, you get more confident, you play better. You can also start to feel the effect of Oh, I can feel they're playing a lot more scared versus me now. Oh, I'm, I'm in their head a bit because, you know, we're on a, some win streak. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing for the losing teams. They're going onto stage just thinking, I really don't want to lose today. I really don't want to lose today. And they're playing worse. They're playing more scared. I really just think it's a mindset. So, How do you, how do you get out of that then, right? Because you, you guys have been on like, yeah. it's interesting, right? Because you guys have had this career. I don't know. I, talk, I talked about your career last last week and stuff on the dive because I think it's it's really interesting. And I, you can stop me at any point if you disagree. But it felt like, you know, you came in 2016, like about as hot as you could have as as, as like a rookie player, right? Um, and you similar as well, right? Like you made, you made an MSI finals. You made a world semis like yeah. very early on in your career. And people are like, these guys are going to be, you know, some of the greatest players we've ever had in NA. And then, you know, things cooled off for one reason or another. You guys ended up on different teams. You were coaching for a while. You know, then you're in academy. You were obviously on some teams that were losing a lot more. You had to kind of shift. I know you talked on stage about the mindset of being an underdog versus being a favorite, which was changing a lot like when you were on FlyQuest and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, how, how do you turn that around then? Because so many people, I think, in the community are quick to overlook 
are, or like older players or well, not that you're old, but you know what I mean? Mm. Like if you're not brand new, it's like, well, you can't improve anymore. Like we've already seen Stixie. We've already seen Licorice. These guys are ass, right? Like they're not going to get good again, but here you are and you're towards the top of the table. So how do you kind of shift that mindset or? It's very difficult. I, I will say that. I think um, for me, yeah, like obviously when I joined in 2016, I was, I thought it was pretty good back then. Uh, I definitely felt like I could hold my own versus everyone. And then, you know, I kept playing. I kept playing 2017, 2018. Still thought I was pretty good. 2019 had like a really rough spring, I remember. And then got a lot better in summer. I had like a, it was like a bit of a W, you know, it was like a up, <laughs> down, a little bump. And then, and then 2020 was just downhill for me. Yeah. And that's where I really started to struggle and just felt like I'm in like a hole that I couldn't get out of um, in terms of like losing and just my mindset. It's like I was just showing up to every LCS game. Maybe not showing up because we were playing from like our apartments and COVID yeah, and all yeah. that. But uh, I was playing every LCS game and I was just playing not to lose. I was just thinking, man, like I, I just feel like I'm going to lose today no matter what. And it's really hard to snap out of that. I'm sure you experienced similar things on on FlyQuest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's just really hard. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard because like, I mean, at the end of the day, you're only 20% of your team, right? Like, yeah. And there's so many things that go into each team. Like, there's a reason that people pay close attention to, like, what coach they're hiring and what analysts they have and, like, all the staff behind it. But you go on stage and then, like, I don't know. When you're on a bad team, it's like you make one mistake and the game's over. Like, that's what it feels like. When you're on a top team, it's like, oh, you mess up a fight. There's another fight, you know? But like, Pauline's doing well if you're not doing well. Or yeah, whatever. like, there was, like, the, the EG fly game today, and it's, like, back and forth, back and forth. Like, one player messes up a fight, and then another player messes up the next fight. And it's, like, you're still in the game. But when you're on a bottom team, like, a team that's not doing well, it's, like, you mess up one fight, and the game's over. You yeah. just, you've yeah. instantly lost. You go to review, you're, like, well, I messed up once here. And, like, when I was on top team, and I messed up once here, it was fine. So, like, I'm bad, I guess. Like, it, it's just, like, it's this really weird world that you live in when you're on a bottom two. like it's, it's like totally different how do you how do you self-evaluate then in those situations right because obviously like the it's it's hard you know we only see so many games we only see so many stage games it is obvious that like if a team is good your mistakes can kind of be pasted over you have more opportunities to shine and yeah. your teammates are going to enable you better so you're going to look better just kind of you know force multiplier but how do you accurately evaluate your skills then like do you guys think that like hey i was actually always this good things just didn't work out, like unlucky team, unlucky circumstance? Or do you actually think that, hey, like, no, I've, I've figured some things out and it's, it's not just team changed, I got better. I think it's really hard to know. Like, for me at least, I don't know if you, you feel differently, but for me, it's like when I'm on a bottom team, it's like making mistakes, got to learn from them. When you're winning, making mistakes, got to learn from them. Like, it's, it's always the same thing. And just like, you just hope that someday the wins are going to start coming in if you, if you fix enough mistakes. And like, that's, that's it. Like when I was on a top team, when I joined C9, I was like, oh, I'm so much better than everyone else. Like, oh, I'm so good at League of Legends. And then I spend some time on a bottom team and I'm like, huh. You start to question So this everything. is what the other side is like. <laughs> and like, I, I mean, it's totally changed the way I think about players and like rankings and stuff. Cause I just think like, you can't know. You, you really can't know as, as a player. Unless someone's like really like, they don't know their lane matchups or something, which does happen. Like it, it, it's so hard to tell. Yeah, I, I I never really liked uh, like tier lists and stuff like that because it's yep. like you said it's just so there's so many factors that go into how a player is like it, even this year like you asked like oh do you think maybe are you have you just been playing the same the whole time and like your team just got better and like yeah kind of like I guess for for me in particular um I, I was like a type of player where I never would play my role as like an AD carry. Like I would watch some AD carries and say like Reckless or something where he's like, this guy's just, gonna, he's playing AD carry, you know? He's going to stand back, he's going to farm up, and he's going to be an AD carry. And then there's me, and I felt like I was always more of like an aggressive player, and I would kind of want to be in your face. And so, you know, when, I don't know, my team's losing and like no one on my team is checking like some super important thing that needs to happen. We need to walk into the, the dragon or the baron, guys. I'm just like, okay, I'll just do it then. And then I end up dying, and it's like, what the hell is that guy doing? You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you stay no, away from almost... I actually wanted to add on that. There was a game, not this game versus Immortals that we just played, but the game, the last game we played versus Immortals. I was playing Redaction, and it was like, Tactical walked up and face-checked me in Dopwish when we were on Baron, as Lucian, and just like, lost Flash, lost Cleanse, lost Gale Force. And it was like, really bad. But like, his team wasn't walking up. It's like exactly what Trevor's talking about. Like he had to check that dot bush in order to get vision on the Baron. And it's just like, things like that happen. And it's just like, is it his fault? Like, 
kind of, but like if he doesn't, he's probably just going to lose anyway. So it's it's just so hard. Yeah. Are there any particular players right now that you think feel like are are suffering from that? Like either rated way too low by the community, but it's not their fault, or, or too high, or the other way, way too high. I, I mostly avoid community stuff. I think Revenge is actually playing quite well these days. I don't know. I don't know what the public opinion you can is. Ignore on community. Him. Just but, look at like basically standings, right? Yeah. Is someone on bottom team you think is really good? I think good? Revenge has had a lot of really good games against top teams, and then like something bad will happen and it'll lose. Like yeah. he was there was like the game versus C nine, and he was like winning his lane pretty hard. Blabber was like helping out Fudge, and then Fudge went bot lane and got a triple kill. And then the game's over. Oh, dude, I would have been so like, tilted. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> oh, like, I remember that game. Like, yeah, I would have like, just lost my Like, mind. yeah, like, like Fudge, fudge Jackson, played well right? to, like, yeah, yeah, to, like, get a triple kill. And, like, he, like, got himself into a good position. But, like, but if Fudge was on a but from Revenge's he, perspective, like, there was, yeah. like, nothing he could do, you yeah. know? So it's just, like, oh, man, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good one. Because the Cloud9 members, multiple Cloud9 members have also called out Revenge. Do you think, are there any other players? Uh, Could you scroll down the standings here? I can't even think. Let's get down there. All of us. Interesting to toss. I think Tomo's playing really well. I think yeah. he's he's been like a pretty good addition to their team. I agree. They actually look so much more competitive with him, even in yeah. the losses. At least like he feels like he is playing to win. You know. Yeah. No, that that's exactly the mindset thing I was talking about, dude. Yeah. This guy came in and he was like stomping Academy, right? Mm -hmm. So he's coming in. He's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm the shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so and he, that actually is really surprised me that he didn't back that off on the stage games because like in scrims I could see how like you could kind of just YOLO it's fine but like he's doing it on stage games too mm -hmm. he's just playing really confidently and like he honestly looks like a top half 80 carry right now yeah so yeah I, maybe, I maybe think Olulu as well kind of stood out to me a little bit in like having a bit of that like swagger at least on his stage games yeah. obviously he's just played two games but like it was just, it's it's nice for me personally when a player comes in a league and they're not just like all right I'm playing Orin and Azir and I'm like, you know, I'm standing <laughs> under my tower and yeah. like, we'll see what happens, yeah. right? Yeah. I like when people come in and it's like, all right, Bolu's known for Zoe and he just like picks it yesterday and like, you know, uh, obviously they could have lost that game. There was a lot of things going on in that game. Yeah. But yeah. like, but I just like to see players playing what is their strength, right? Because at the end of the day, it's like you make it to LCS for a reason. And I think too many teams, I'm not sure how you guys feel about this, but I feel like so many teams are just like, all right, Bot lane is is the meta, like currently, right? Mm -hmm. So we gotta play through bot and like top is weak side, and this is how we're gonna do it. And then they're just like chain losing every game mm -hmm. and and don't mix it up, right? Like I, I think about TL a lot when I think about this. It's like, okay, pretty much everyone, I don't know if you agree with this, mm -hmm. thinks that Summit is like that I talked to is the best 1v1 top laner in the league. Yeah. So like, why are we still playing towards bot here, guys? Like, why not, you know, just like camp top? And when they did that yesterday, they actually they actually won. It was kind of cool to see them they did, didn't um, mix, <clears throat> mixing it up, hey, right? Uh, and and that, that wasn't even playing. I honestly forgot it was against you guys until yeah. you had that reaction. But, there's, but, some, there's some things to be considered. I'm sure there's a lot of things to be, cons can be considered there. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, that game, it's just like... I don't know if it was like a draft problem, and I'm not trying to flame you, but like... It's like, if they can gank top that many times, then we should get something somewhere else. And we yep. just didn't get something somewhere else. Like, I actually played a pretty good weak side game until I tried to get the tower, and then I died. He went, like, two or three times before he actually, like, interacted with you. He was saying Yeah, like, he was... Stuff. I watched the replay, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, this guy was there a lot. And, like, I was scared to jump in because I, like, kind of felt, like, the danger. But, like, whether that's, like, a consistent strategy to win the game... Yeah. I doubt it. But... I mean, they won the game, so like, you know. But just more like as like a holistic thing, do you think that teams really have to be like kind of like meta slave type style and like, or should more teams be playing to their strengths? Because to me, it's like, mm -hmm. you look at a lot of the teams that are struggling and it's like, if you're just imitating what the top teams are doing, but doing it worse, how does that ever do anything for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, the biggest offender is 100 Thieves. Like it was, I think they went 0-3 in the super week. Yep. And then it was like... Then 0-2 the next week also. Yeah, but it was five. really clear, like, their draft plan. It was like, I think their their top was just picking, like, Siren or Orin, right? Yeah. And I'm just watching the games, I'm like, dude, they're not going to win like this. Tenacity's not going to just be a tank player. Like, if anything, you should be helping this guy. Like, maybe he can carry games like that, but that team has, like, a bit of a identity issue where, like, they do want to play to bot, but they also want to play to top. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's a team where I think, like, they should probably not follow the meta, and they're trying to force it, and it's just not working. It's interesting because like he was obviously known as like kind of like a crazy player. I don't know how he is in scrims. That's what I've heard is he's like 10 0 0 10 like kind of going at you type thing. Mm -hmm. um, Kemby's another guy that it's like when he came he came in, he was obviously known for playing carries. And like the only wins they're really getting, he has like one win on Graves and like one win on Kindred. Not really anything else. 
Yeah, he's a he's a bit of a scrim demon. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that he's actually really good in scrims. Yeah, uh, we definitely don't have a good record versus mortals in scrims. We actually, it's funny. Our coach, our coach complains about this a lot. Shall I say? <laughs> we have a really winning scrim record versus all the top teams, and we have a losing record versus all the bottom teams. Yeah, and by really winning, we mean like ninety percent versus all wow. the top teams, but like maybe maybe like eighty ninety percent against FlyQuest C nine EG. I haven't scrim C nine for some reason. Okay. Yeah, C nine. We don't scrap. I don't, know I, I don't know. I don't know what the, the background story is there, but um, but yeah, versus versus like the the, the bottom half teams, our scrims are so much harder. And I don't know if it's us. I don't know if they're just performing in scrims. I don't know what it is, man. Well, I've heard it from several teams that they expected Team Liquid to be higher, and you guys expected them to be higher as well from mm -hmm. scrim data. And those were the two that I really want to get your deeper thoughts on because so many people had high expectations for Hundred Thieves and for Team Liquid for for TL. What are they not doing on stage that they do accomplish in scrims that everybody seems to have this super high opinion still? I don't know that they beat us in scrims that much, actually. Yeah, I, I don't remember our scrims or something that much, but I, I do remember. I, I mean, I watched like their their squad documentary, I think it's called, mm -hmm. or their squad weekly series thing, and like they seem to just struggle with um, nerves and stuff like that, and like confidence. Like, I mean, if you watch their players after a game, like. They are, they are not happy. Uh, I don't know. They seem to have some uh, weird stage -ish, like specific issues, maybe. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that I think a, a lot of people... It's interesting because it's it's not really talked about that much, I feel like, in, in LCS because in League, you play like every single week on stage so people accumulate so much experience. And a lot of other esports where it's like a tournament circuit, there's so much more of your time for your games is played online and then they show up every once in a while to a tournament. So like land jitters and stuff like that is what people always talk about. Um, but like that transition obviously like can be difficult, I think for a lot of players. You guys have had a lot of experience. Like at this point, does it basically just feel like the same? It's just like there's no difference there. No, it's, I mean, for me, it's always different stage and scrims. Like, yeah. I don't know, because you, you just care more, right? Like, you can't help but care more about a stage match than a scrim. So you are going to feel differently. Like, that's just, I think that's just how it works, at least for me. And I don't know, it's something that comes and goes, like how comfortable I feel on stage. Like, sometimes I feel really comfortable and sometimes I'm like struggling. Like, it's just like, I don't know, I'm just a human, you know? <laughs> but for me, it comes with winning and losing. Like, even though, we actually talked about this before, is like, even though we've been playing for, seven years or whatever it is now yeah. and people do not want to hear the excuse of oh i was nervous on stage but like dude it happens to us too you know but like from my perspective once you start winning a lot that goes away almost entirely and you can really just go to town on stage if you want um but yeah as you lose more it gets worse and worse maybe especially if you're on like a losing streak it makes sense you kind of shy away from things that's like oh well when i did this last week it lost me the game right? yeah yeah like, exactly yeah. yeah oh actually something we've talked about is like when when I was on a like a bottom teams and I would like make a play in the game and it would go badly, then I would like some part of me would be like, oh, like that play was kind of bad, you know? Like in my brain, like, you know, like I got I got bad chemicals after I like died. My whole team died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. like unironically. And I've had this weird experience now where I'm like on a stage match and I'm doing the right thing. Like I'm Jax, I'm flanking. I have a really good flank. And some part of my brain is like, oh, I think this is bad. And it's like it's like leftover from when I was like on a bad team and losing, doing the right thing. So it's just like you were abused on these low ranking it gets, teams. It's, it's hard. I swear, it's how it feels, dude. It is hard. Yeah. Like it is, it is rough down there. What what is your what is like your biggest piece of advice then for both of you? I'm so curious to so like to players who are now like on these on these teams that are struggling because you guys have kind yeah. of like come through it at the other side. A no, like bit. I always mention like after we play a team that's like really struggling. I always go to my team. I'm like, fuck, I feel so bad, man. Like, <laughs> I just feel so bad. And my, you know, they're just looking at me like, why do you feel bad? We should win. You know, <laughs> they're going to meet you. They're not going to feel bad for you. <laughs> they're not going to feel bad for you if, if they won. And I'm just like, I just know how it is, man. Like, it just sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. I mean, it, you just, you just power through or you don't. Like, I don't, yeah. there's not really advice to give. It's like, you work on your mistakes the best you can. And like, maybe you'll get to a good team and maybe you'll like, you'll, like yeah. your career will just run out. You know, like, yeah. that's just how it goes. I mean, you mentioned the bad chemicals in your brain, but that actually is what happens. You know, yeah. when you're expecting dopamine hit, and then it doesn't get there, and then it feels even worse, and you can, you're conditioned to feel that over and over again, and so then you really have that self doubt creeping in. Yeah, and I think that's one of these core issues when you're talking about the effect of snowballing and winning, mm -hmm. and how it, 
I'm getting that like it just washes away so many problems yeah. because there is that effect of then you're also going to be more confident in your plays and you're going to be more proactive and you're going to yeah. you know, be able to play better. It when, does work the other way too, though. Yeah. I, will, I will say, <laughs> if you're on a top team and you do the wrong thing and you win the team fight, you got those good capital. <laughs> <laughs> now you're all confused. Like, yeah. you know. You're like, Lee in top. We win every single scrim. This shit is crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Trevor's like, it might have been my legendary yeah, yeah. <laughs> Israel performance. Yeah, we, that week of scrims, we were, it was like, we were just winning every lane. And like, we would just win the game in like yeah. 20 minutes. Like, that's that's how it felt. So, <clears throat> Winning fixes a lot of issues. I'll say that. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, who he's criticisms. If you're lost seven games in a row, might be a little bit more annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, do you, Do you guys think then? Because it's interesting, right? Like you, you guys both kind of said you felt like, hey, we're on shit teams. We were kind of the same players, even though you would, you would probably agree. Almost all the community is going to have you rated much more much lower, um, you know, tier list and all that stuff is going to be based off literally just what we see on stage. So at the end of the day, like, do you think that well, community you probably think is bad at evaluating the player strength, but do you even think that the teams are good at evaluating it, right? Um, are our teams, you think, like overlooking some of these players who are on bad teams, but could actually be really good? Because you guys are examples. I bet you probably weren't getting a lot of offers from from top teams anymore. I mean, yeah, of course. Like, I don't know. Like, I I don't I think I'm pretty good. I didn't have any offers. Like that that's like that's all my evidence right there. Um yeah, and uh, like part of me wonders how much the, I guess like the entertainment value comes in because I, I got kind of a unique perspective when I was coaching for a bit. Yeah, where I was not playing as much, I'm just watching the games. You know, I'm looking. Yeah, I don't really want to watch. Uh, you know, Dig versus Immortals or something. Like, I don't <laughs> really care about the players or anything. Like, people have to care about the the LCS players to watch the games. Yeah, I think like for us, it's obviously. Um, We've had a pretty, I guess, like lucky split, and people actually want to watch us now because oh, Golden Guardians is winning. Oh shit! Maybe I should tune in and I should check out what's going on. You know, um, so we've definitely maybe drawn some more attention there. But yeah, I think that definitely has to do with um, the way that people perceive you. Is like people do fans want to watch me play in the LCS? So, and most of the time, the answer is they'd rather just see some new young kid who like might be insane come in. Mm -hmm. So. so rank one or whatever yeah like his has these crazy highlights or something he yeah has, like, oh, i'd love to see that guy i i always feel when when i'm looking at you know people making posts or even gm moves and stuff a lot of the time there's a lot of emphasis placed on the individual player and you know plays or stats or whatever without thinking about how they're playing with the rest of the team mm -hmm. i feel like there's so much in a league of legends team that is how and who you're who you're playing with rather than people always condensing down, condense it down to a, an individual. And maybe that's where a lot of the leeway comes from in, in evaluating players and and even the entertainment factor coming into. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like people are doing their best. Like it's, it's a hard job to be a league scout and it's really hard to look at a team and look at players and be like, I think this player is good because he's like doing well on this team and I think this player is like bad. Like it's, it's really hard. Like you can't, you can't know for sure. And at the end of the day, you're always guessing. So. Some players are always going to slip through the cracks, and I think that's just that's just how it goes. It's interesting to me that you mentioned kind of like the entertainment. Some players are, are more entertaining. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever fall into that trap, kind of like when you're when you're in pick ban <laughs> or when you're like, you know, maybe oh maybe I could look for this play. Like this would be kind of nice. Uh no, I don't. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but but really, it's it's your fortieth game in a row of like whatever AD you least like playing. Yeah. But you're like, this is probably. 2% higher chance to win, this but could, I could play this other chance? This could be nah. my Danny I'm just trying Tristana to win. a pentakill. Nah, I'm just trying to win. I'll pick whatever I have to pick. Best chance of winning. Yeah. Okay. yeah. What, about, what about you? It's the 48th straight year of Orn duty. <laughs> are, you, are you trying to break free? Are you trying to convince I, the team that hey, if you're Do you want to win or do you want to have fun? There, there was a period where I was like, I would like pick things that maybe weren't the best chance of winning. Um, and at the time I was like, oh, well, it's to practice different styles. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think it was a, I think it was a mix. Like this is this is back when I was on C nine, and like, I don't know. <laughs> but I think like, I spent some time on bottom teams, straightened me out. I was like, okay, I'm I'm like, I gotta I gotta play properly. I gotta play well. I gotta work on my mistakes. Um, do the best thing I can do. You know. How do you kind of walk the line then between like trying to play because you're saying all you want to do is win, right? So you're gonna try to play what wins. 
how do you not fall into almost like a like a level of complacency where you're just like, well, this has worked for us now for three or four weeks in a row. Like, let's not change it up. Because we've seen over the years in LCS, a number of teams who are really good in regular season, but they kind of just have like their one style. Mm-hmm. I think like Summit was a big example of this where people are like, man, won MVP. And I think very rightfully so for yeah. his regular season performance. But then it completely fell apart in playoffs. I think largely because they played their one way mm-hmm. and you could kind of take it apart in a best of where, you know, you're kind of really focusing more on how to beat a team. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to branch out because like when you're winning and you lose, people people don't like that, you know? Fans don't like that. doesn't feel good. Um, so ideally you want to like branch out and keep winning. Because you're on, you've had what, six games of Renekton I think now, right? Or five? Yeah. yeah. I've played a lot. Today of was six, I think. Yeah, right? might have been. And that, that's no flame, right? I'm just, it's, yeah, yeah. it's interesting, right? Because it's like, okay, it's great to keep winning. You want to get as best playoff seating as you could possibly get. But if you play so much Renekton that like that is the way that you guys know how to play, then what happens when Renekton is just banned in the, fir- in the first playoff series, right? So it's like, is that not part of your thought process of like, yeah, I know Renekton is the best way to win today, but like, what about next week? What the about for. what about the finals? <laughs> what about? I I don't really think about champions that way. I think no. more about play style because I think if if it's like I'm a tank player, right, and I can't play carries, and then all of a sudden we go to playoffs and it's carry meta, like that's a problem. But like, if you're just picking something when Renekton's up and it's just worse now, like it's I don't know, it's just it's just like not as good. So. Also, you have like the whole week of scrims where you're maybe trying new stuff. So you get yeah. kind of get a feel for what could work or what could not work. But especially in a best of one, like you're just like, I'm just going to win in this best of one. Yeah. So it's like you have all week to practice these different styles, all these different things. But like just try to win the actual stage match. So. Well, I noticed the new shoes as well. We were talking about before we started the episode. Oh yeah, what what are you doing to manufacture? Get them up there on the table. Got to show the fans at home. Let's let's <laughs> can see. I put my foot on the table? Yeah, yeah, you can. Oh, all right, let's see if I can. Let's see. It's, it's basically you do it. It comes out like what? <laughs> what are you doing to? Oh, look yeah. at the zoom. We got to zoom in. So, <laughs> yeah. So we won. This, keep the snowballing rolling and yeah. like so keep the winning attitude. I'll just put this out there. We went on a seven win streak. We got new pants, new shoes. We're getting some nice dinners. Yeah. Hey, I kind of like winning, you know? Yeah. It turns out it's not just the players you like winning. It's all the staff yeah. as well. So, yeah. 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 You know, you just like hit the certain tier, right? Like seven wins with new shoes and pants. What if, you know, you get to finals? Like, how, what are you getting then, right? We'll find out. Is it Rolexes for Golden Guardians, yeah. you know? Well, I hope so. We've, we've been talking about business class flights to MSI. Oh, you know? oh. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. Nick is trying to... Uh, give you incentives, a different tiered system of incentives to be able to keep the winning going. Yeah, yeah. Like no, they're, they're just like trickling in on us right now. <laughs> <laughs> How does this feel, guys? You want some more? <laughs> it reminds me, I don't know if you ever had this in Canada, but in, our, in like elementary school and stuff in the US, oftentimes you'll have to like do these sell raffle tickets or like wrapping paper or something you get like some that. Yeah, and yeah. you mm-hmm. get these different tiered systems. Yeah. Win an LCS game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Unlock a new shirt. Yeah. It's the battle pass. It's the LCS Actually, battle yeah, pass. Yeah. Hey, I'm down. The like seven it. wins, new shoes. Yeah. It's like an instant dopamine. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, at, at this point in the split, you know, I'm sure you guys are feeling very confident you're going to make playoffs, right? Traditionally, nine wins is generally like the playoff line or, or thereabout in LCS. You yeah. already have eight. So are you starting to look forward now to like, okay, what do we need to learn to, for playoffs? What do we need to learn for best of fives? How do we actually win this split? Because I know earlier you guys are saying, yeah, like we believe we can actually go to some MSI. We can win. So at what point do you start transitioning your focus beyond just like the next game? Hmm in perspective I mean I, I guess for me I, I kind of had that thought after maybe after we won uh, that 3-0 Super Week and we were like on a 5-win streak at that point Yeah, I was kind of feeling like oh shit like we're actually kind of good now or maybe considered good whatever but um, actually no that's a lie because we actually played the four weaker teams and 100 Thieves who I also felt was on like a downward had to be the C9 yeah Thieves. so it was the C9 EG so it was after we hit the 7-win streak then I was like oh like we're, we're for real you know um, the only team we haven't beat yet is FlyQuest um, and Team Liquid, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I kind of started just feeling like, oh man, like I really want to go to, you know, where's MSI? Oh, London? I want to go to London. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds fun. 
Um, or London in your new shoes. Yeah, and my, <laughs> my new Air Force Ones. Uh, you know, uh, the finals is in North. I think Carolina. it's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, yeah, I think Nick Smith's from there. Oh. Something. So we're trying to go back there for him. But yeah, I mean, just kind of had my sights set on, dude, I want to travel. I want to play international competition. I want to go farther than I have been. So that's my motivation right now. But So yeah. if, if, or go ahead. I was going to say, it is something you start thinking about. Like when you lose a lot, you don't really think about MSI or Worlds. But like we started winning. And then like, like for me too, I started thinking about it. And I'd say as far as like mindset goes for playoffs and like preparing for playoffs, I think we want to make sure we get top four first. Because if you, let's let's say you experiment one weekend in LCS, right? And you, you drop out those games. That drops you to, to top six in playoffs. Yeah. Now you're single elimination. So you potentially gave up five playoff games, which is like totally not worth it. So I think like it's like secure top four and then worry about playoffs because you're going to get better practice in playoffs than you are outside of it. So if we're assuming that top six right now are are the playoff bracket, yeah. which of these for your lane, for top laners, do you not want to fight? And which would you really like to be your first matchup? So the top the top six right now is uh, FlyQuest, C9, EG, you guys, uh, TSM, and CLG, if I recall correctly, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just don't want to play against Summit. That guy's really good. All right. <laughs> so you're happy that he's currently... number seven. You're good. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so play that's, that's fine. That, that, like, that's fine. This is good. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't have lost yesterday. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, for, what were you thinking? What about you for bottom lane? <laughs> Uh, bottom lanes. Oh man, I'm about to sound like a egomaniac, dude. I don't care about bottom lanes. Like, I actually think me and Hui can like beat everyone. Uh, just based off like how I feel with him, playing with him, uh, our stage games, our scrim games. Like, mm. I think we might actually be like one of the best. So, yeah. so now that you earlier said you hate tier lists, um, <laughs> yeah. who who would, what would you say? So you you said Summit would be your your number one guy. Give me your give me your top three. I'm curious for both of you. Like, who would be the top three in your in your role? That you like as far as what your experience is. I'm gonna say. So you got Summit number one. Based on what I've seen, I'm gonna say Summit, and then Fudge, and then maybe Revenge in number three. Oh wow, that, yeah. that's yes. Yeah, this is this is something that's so consistent. A lot of a lot of pros really speak highly of Revenge, but the community is not hot on him. So it's it's interesting. I think his last year. I don't know if I wasn't watching him closely enough, but my impression of him last year was that he wasn't very good. But this year, it feels like he's really stepped it up. And I don't know. It just takes people a lot of time to change their opinions. So Perception's always way behind reality. What about yeah. you, your top yeah. three? Oh, I mean, also for that, like he's still on a bottom team and people yep. think he's a lot better. So I think that speaks a lot, right? Um, for me, probably like Berserker Prince and FBI. In think. that order? Yeah. Um, I just... I, from what I see, I think Berserker looks like the best still. Um, and I didn't get to play versus him like in the playoffs last year. So I mean, maybe something different would happen. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think he's probably going to be the best. And then, uh, yeah, Prince and FBI. I just think the, those three teams are going to be the strongest too. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so you, you were saying before the episode you wanted to talk a little bit about something that's been popping up a lot in esports, which is which is betting, right? There's betting websites. There's, uh, you know, even over the last number of years, there's been betting scandals. I think some of it even affected in some in League, but it's happened in StarCraft. It's happened in a lot of games where betting is kind of just becoming a big part of the esports world. Yeah, uh, my, my take on it was just mainly about the social media aspect of it because um, I just realized that and also, this this goes with winning and losing. Like when I was losing a lot, I stopped using social media almost entirely. I have nothing to tweet. I'm just losing. You know, I'm not going to say sorry. I'll do better next week. Like no one else will hear that. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Just keep working hard, and hopefully, I can change people's minds later. Um, but I, I think what I noticed is that with the addition of betting into esports, things got a lot more toxic. You know, uh, you know, people are messaging me like I lost a game. And people are people are pissed at me because I lost the money. You know they're pissed <laughs> yeah. at me. And like I have, but now we're on a win streak, dude. I have people in my DMs. Oh, thank you. You paid for my McDonald's order tonight. Thank you so much. I got to eat because of you. And I'm just like, right. so the positive hey. side also. Yeah, yeah. Now, now that I'm winning, I see the okay. positive side of it too. But so maybe they shouldn't have been betting their dinner money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure they got their their own things going on. There. But the Golden Guardians dub is guaranteed wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where the easy but money's at. I, I just noticed that, like, I think a lot of the. Um, added toxicity into league esports or like just social media with LCS and stuff in general, LCS players, is uh, I think betting has a lot to do with it because people don't like when 
they're losing money. You know? That's actually so interesting because it's not a perspective that I've heard literally anyone talking about, but it do, but it does make sense, right? People yeah. are going to be more vitriolic. They're going to be really excited or like really mad yeah. if they lose, especially if it's like if you guys got upset. Do you have any uh, angry people after you lost the GL? Uh, I don't think so. No, I, I don't. Maybe, maybe I didn't. They're willing to let that one slide because they got seven right in a row betting on you. Yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> hey, my bad, guys. <laughs> you tricked us. Yeah. <laughs> False faith. Um, so how are you feeling about like the like the meta and stuff in general, right? Like obviously there's been a lot of talk about like people feeling like League has been very samey, especially in bot lane. Um, I don't know how you feel about, about top lane because a lot top of people... Top lane, they're like, changing a lot. Yeah. Top, top lane has been moving along. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of things you can play. There's a lot of picks that people haven't really explored yet. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with top lane. I'm not going not gonna to name any here. <laughs> <laughs> What about players that you don't think can can adapt to it? Because you mentioned Hundred Thieves when you guys are looking, or uh, yeah, Hundred Thieves when you're looking at tenacity on tanks, and you're like, oh, they're not going to win this way. Are there any mm. individual players that you're just like, especially in your role, that you don't think are going to be able to play those multiple styles? I mean, maybe top's different, but like, I mean, bot lane, there's. There's not, there's not styles, you know, yeah. bot lane. You're just, you're good at this champion or you're bad at well, this Well, you champion. got that Malphite style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice then he got the regular style. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I like I like the, even though it's so boring to watch, like Zary, Lulu, Shinami. It's, uh, as a player, it's pretty skill expressive and it's pretty skill based. Like, usually the better bot lanes are winning those. Um, and the so, game. And the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Says the top laner. Um, so yeah, I like that stuff. Maybe it's time for a change though. It's been a while of the same stuff. I guess it is way more stark in top lane because like tank player, carry player, basically. Yeah. I mean, and there's so many different champs you can play. Like, I mean, like Rumble is like a pick that is probably playable right now, but like Huni's not here, so no one's playing it. You know, like there's mm. there's there's a bunch of random champions that like you can play almost always that are good and. So you just end up with players that play like totally different stuff instead of just like Zeri, Lucian, Varus. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that people are too focused on on the like getting the you know the hundredth game on the same pick then, right? Because like you know obviously people are talking about Garen. Garen came out today. You know Moosehater, I think uh, you know was was playing it. Um, people have talked about that as like a, a niche answer into certain matchups. Uh, I don't think you're a Draven guy, right? But like Draven in bot lane is, is something that like uh, that <laughs> uh, at least that we that we know. Of. Um, I, I got a secret Draven account. What do you mean? Yeah, there's like you know there's there's these certain picks that. It's kind of like agreed upon are really good in certain matchups, but not everyone plays. Like, do you think people should be branching out more that it's kind of just like kind of autopilot for some pros? I mean, from the bot lane perspective of things, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm sure there's some champions or maybe more niche stuff like people could be picking, but like, why would I stray away from Zeri when like that champ is just broken and you can just scale and like you can, there's just so much evidence of Zeri having these crazy games and solo carrying the game that why would I just not pick this champ? Like, it doesn't even make sense almost, you know? Like, maybe Lucianami <laughs> I could see because, like, you know, you look at the win rates, like, it's got nerfed a lot. Win rates are dropping a bit, so maybe we need to find a new new duo mm -hmm. there, but, like... It seems like people are kind of slotting in Varus and stuff a lot more. Yeah, like, Zyra Khan's popping up a bit. Yeah, so that stuff seems strong. Yeah, so that, that stuff's kind of popping up a bit, but, like, it's almost just, like, if it's not broke, don't need to fix it, you know? And it is broken. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> broken. And Ryan needs to fix it. <laughs> what about you? Because top lane, obviously, you're saying like there's there's so many different picks that can slot in, right? And and I think when you watch like solo queue streams and stuff, like even like highest level solo queue streams, there's like way more niche picks that are coming out in in top lane. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like there is that inherent risk of like most of the counter picks you have to play aggressively, which like exposes yourself to ganks. So like you know, it's changing the whole team play style if you want to play. If he wants to play, you know, ignite Riven top, then maybe you don't get to play uh, with your jungle behind you and bot lane there. I don't like that. Or like <laughs> Uxion or something. Like, has... Don't suggest it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, stage play always trends towards champs that are just consistent. Yeah, like, consistently do the same thing. Like, I mean, Renekton is like the prime example of like being played for however many years in a row a now lot. in top lane. Like, pretty much every every year since pro plays existed, because he can flash stun. You know, like he can always do something. He can flash stun. He's big and Lane phase is always really important. He's big. He's big. He's big. <laughs> he, like, he, gets, he gets bigger too. He can <laughs> like, like, get bigger one. Flash then. Bullet turn number two. He big. <laughs> hey man. So it's just like when you pick like things like auction, and yeah. it's like you play it in solo queue, 
and it looks good and you played in scrims and it looks good and you go on stage and you get like a 20 CS lead and then you rock up to like a Rift Herald fight and then you lose because you're Akshan and they're Renekton, then it just feels really bad, you know? So I think there are things you can play, but it's difficult to find the right things and also like scrims, scrim results, like the Lee Sin, for example, don't always translate to stage. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it's difficult. How, how would you approach changing practice habits then? Because that's like something that I think so many people talk about is that it's like, oh man, like these scrims are just like the data I get from scrims is just garbage, right? And people talk so much about scrim champs and these things that will come out like um, Jace, Jace this year. We've seen quite a bit of Jace mid, like almost always loses, but everyone's like, but it's killing it in scrims, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so is that not just like a symptom of there being poor practice from these scrims? Like how do you get it closer to the stage games so that you guys are getting like better data from these? I think people have been getting better, actually. Like, I, I don't know if it's because we're now scrimming top teams, but I will say, like, my scrims this year have felt the most structured of the past couple of years. Like, they've been feeling a lot better. And then at the end of the day, it's like the same thing that I said earlier. It's like you care more about stage than scrims, so you are going to play differently. Like, when you die in scrims, it's like you died in scrims. And when you die on stage, you're like, oh, shit, like, I died. And it's a big deal, and it's going to impact the game. So... I think people are improving on it because it, it, it's all about just like taking it really seriously and like not flipping like a wave. If you wouldn't flip it on stage, don't flip it in scrims kind of thing. So I don't know. Yeah, I do think um, it, it is like a bit of a skill as a pro to look at a matchup and you know, you're watching a replay of your scrim or something and you're looking and you're like, they are playing this wrong. So like, I think so many games I'm like looking at a replay after a scrim and I'm just saying to my coach, Yo, I don't think this matchup is good. And our coach is saying, oh, but you guys are like, you're so ahead. Like, how, how are you saying it's not good? And I'm like, no, because like they're doing this and this and this wrong. If I'm them, I would have stomped myself, you know? Like, that kind of <laughs> so it's, it's a skill to be able to look at the scrim or a matchup and just think, yeah, I would have played that way differently than they did. I don't think this is good. Or even in some cases, you're playing it wrong and you're looking, oh, how did they beat me here? You know, and you yeah. take that info. And then from their side, they got the bad info, right? But, you know, hopefully they can figure out that maybe we weren't doing the right thing. So. They're so bad that you can play both sides better than them and they don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, we try and be a relatable show. So what advice would you give to people for climbing in solo queue? Broken on 13.4 right now. Take your mind out of pro if you want to climb solo queue. 13.4. The shackles are unleashed. It's the same patch that you're playing on right now. I think Jax is still really good, uh, especially in solo queue. Like. Yeah. I talk about a lot. I mean, I play a lot of Renekton on stage. When I play Renekton and Solo Cube, I'm like, it is just so pointless. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm up 30 CS. I'm bullying this guy. And then, like, their Jax gets like a triple kill in a fight. And I'm like, I'm outscaled. It's so shit. Don't but pick this big. jam. <laughs> um, big I mean, loser. So I, I think scaling tops are good. Like, Jax, Fiora is always good. You just get to 50 minutes. And then, like, you know, the other team's having a really bad time. And also, the number one tip for climbing in top lane, like, not. Not about like getting better, but yeah. climbing in top lane, <laughs> just don't die to the jungler. It's like that simple. Yes! You Thank die to you. the jungler, the jungler goes bot, he kills your bot lane, he kills your mid lane, you lose the game. So, as someone who plays Phil and is often put top lane because no one likes that role, <laughs> how do I not die to the jungler? This, this is, the, this is the, the part that is the worst. Is It's so easy to like ward for like the early gank and stuff. Yeah. But I would say, like, so genuinely curious about your advice. The difficulty for me is if I'm playing a losing matchup, the wave bounces what do I do, right? Because now I know that the jungler could be coming top, but the wave's frozen on me. And I'm mm. like, well, my jungler's not coming top to help me because I'm in a losing matchup, but there's no way he's coming. So then I just end up flipping it and hoping the jungler's not there. And then I die to the gank. Because in that situation, you, I feel so doomed. When the wave's frozen on you, it's like, that, that's what, that is my eternal solo queue struggle for top lane yeah. when you're in a losing matchup. Uh, I, <laughs> Don't it, let that happen. Because yeah. it, it feels like, like, and maybe it's that I need to manage the wave better or something, but when, you're, when you get counterpicked, right, if you blind in, in top yeah. and you're playing against like Ignite Auction or whatever and the wave bounces and then he freezes it on you, I'm like, okay, I don't know how to play because leaving the wave frozen and just oh, yeah, no, we're, we're talking about We're talking about Solo Q. Just run mid lane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? That's no, like think? seriously, like, they, like the enemy Auction freezes and you're playing like what? What do you what do you play top lane? <laughs> I play stuff that's not gonna roam in. <laughs> I like Nasus and Kale. And Dude, I'm Kale. telling you, God. if you're Nasus and you go mid lane <laughs> and you W their mid laner and you E him and maybe you hit him with a Q, that guy's tilted. Yeah. You just <laughs> you just that's gave true. your team a big boost in the game. He's pinging his auction. He's like, you're playing against Nasus. Why is this guy in my lane? You know? 
Just like they freeze on you, just go mid lane. That, that's go what I was lane. gonna say. Just also go somewhere else. No, you just go. If you can't break it and your jungler's not there, just go somewhere else. Do you think else. it's not worth yeah. flipping? It's actually better to just give it up. Don't die to the yeah. don't die to the enemy jungler. Okay, you'll lose yeah. the game. No, the thing is, level two NASA's coming to a game near you. Help you mid lane. Jungle <laughs> jungle kill is like I swear it's just ten x a normal person kill. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm playing bot lane and they have a hecarim, right? If I kill the enemy bot lane, oh nice, that's pretty good. Like I I'm gonna be in a really good spot. Mm. But dude, if I die to their hecarim and that guy gets two kills. I just solo lost my team in the game. So do not die to the enemy jungler. That is... Okay. <laughs> All right, so we, we got the yeah. a second vote no, for it, that. No, it translates, it translates to, I'm sure, every role, except maybe jungle. I don't know how that works. Don't die to the enemy jungler. Still applies to a jungler. It probably oh, yeah, still yeah, works for them. So. Yeah, I mean, jungle is just the strongest role. You have to play around it. So just don't die. And uh, you'll probably tip. win a lot more games. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Any yeah. champion specific? Uh, AD carry, I think Kai'Sa and Zaya are really strong in solo queue. Those are like the two best. I think like even a pro play like Zai is popping up a lot now with the new Navori build. It's yeah. pretty broken, I think. So I'm still waiting for my chance to play Kaisa. I love that. <laughs> Back to the Kaisa Nautilus days. Yeah. Oh, style, I would love it. Every single game. I would love it. But I don't know if it's happening. So. Sweet. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us, guys. This is actually really fun. And congratulations on... Uh, Eight of your last nine games that you have won. Thank That's you, pretty you. damn good. Uh, it's been cool to see you guys turn around. And I personally like seeing some of the players that have been around for a while. I think you guys are changing some of the narratives about that because people have to reevaluate, uh, I think, their opinions on some players, right? And it's, it's been a really cool discussion. So awesome to have you all here. Thank you so much. And uh, that'll wrap it up for us for now. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes of The Dive. Definitely don't want to miss this one with the Golden Guardians folks on here. Maybe after you guys win MSI, we'll have you back on as a, yeah. you know, you'll have your like Rolexes. Maybe you guys will get, <laughs> maybe you guys get Jet for winning MSI. You know, shoot high for yeah, sure. Because yeah. no one's done that before in NA. Uh, <laughs> reminder also, if you want to do the Twitter uh, giveaway, hashtag the dive LOL. And you have to also hashtag the dive LOL giveaway to qualify for the RP giveaway. LCS continues this Thursday. It is FlyQuest versus Team Liquid Hyundai, 2 p.m. PST. We'll see you there.